0: To the left, Belgrini. Inside, Pizarro, Bolasso. Pizarro, Bolasso. Here's the goal scorer, Morgan. And he's done it again.
1: Lewis Morgan with a second of the match.
0: He wanted to have a oh, goal.
1: He's go. framed the top lady. It's a sensational. First Super Draft Thursday, baby. It's times like these that make me happy to be an Inter-Miami fan, and in, gen- in general, a sports fan. I love draft day.
2: Today was fire, man. I don't know about everybody listening to the podcast, but Jay and myself just happened to uh, work together. I don't, like, seems like the day oneers out there know that, but if you didn't know, we do work together, and guess what? It got a little rowdy around 2, 220-ish when the picks were coming
1: in. It was. It was some fun times in the office, but uh, thank you everyone for joining us. We are the Miami Podcast with the best intro in the game, if I do say, say so myself. My name is Jay Kington, alongside always my co-host and halfway decent friend. <laughs> yeah, you better watch your damn mouth, Jay. <laughs> Mr. Alex Papa George, happy early birthday to Alex. His birthday is on, I believe, is it the 24th?
2: Wow. dude,
1: my, you are, You're a better yeah. friend than I
2: thought, All dude. Right. You are actually spot on with that, brother. But it is my birthday. I didn't know that you were going to remember that.
1: I don't remember many things, but uh, luckily I got that one right.
2: Luckily. Luckily. Don't bro. ask
1: me again next year. I might give you a different date.
2: <laughs> Definitely hit me on the 25th. But uh, yeah, appreciate you, Jay. I am... Enjoying this weekend down in actually the Venetian Causeway. I'm having a little bit of a getaway over at the Standard Hotel with a girl and chilling at the pool, doing some j- jacuzzi time, maybe some fun time too.
1: But uh, thanks for specifying is with a girl anyway. <laughs> but uh, we do have a special treat for everyone today. Uh, if you followed us last season, you know, kind of one of the first. What interviews that we did was with some of the supporters' groups. And um, guess what, buddy? What? We're doing it again. <laughs> no way. <laughs> So why don't you tell them who the the order of, uh, of how this one will roll out?
2: Special treat for everyone in case you haven't been a part of the podcast before. Jay and myself laugh at every one of our jokes, so get used to it. Anyway, today we are stoked, we are pumped, we are excited to go ahead and welcome the siege to the Inner Miami podcast. We have a couple buddies swinging by talking about siege stuff and whatnot, but that is going to be a little bit later down the pod there has been some hot news that is swirling around the team jay uh
1: there has been quite a bit of news including obviously the the super draft that was today uh but also some uh you know organizational shakeups that we have but uh you know we're gonna run through these again we're gonna cover four supporters groups unless a fifth one pops up we're talking about the siege today vice city southern legion and our homies from up north in the 561 none other than the northern pack but before we get into all of that we do have some special news to share with everyone
2: super special news actually two pieces of special news first off man this this just brings excitement jay this just brings super excitement you know we jay and i started this podcast out of jay's guest room in his house to see what this thing has blown up to All the thanks to y'all in the world, uh, literally in the world. But
1: it's crazy. Now we're in a penthouse on the Porsche.
2: Tower. Yeah, it's wild. It's like wild. We, we can see everybody down there. Hey, <laughs>
1: I'm just
2: just kidding, y'all. But anyway, uh, this brings us super pleasure to announce that we have a contributor to the Inter Miami podcast. He has been a day oneer with us, literally probably since the first episode. But Mr. Than Harrington is joining the crew of the Inter Miami podcast. He's going to be a contributor to the pod. He's going to be keeping it real. We are uh, we're actually going to move off. Off of audio purely, which is kind of our second big notice of news. But Than is going to be instrumental in really the next piece of breaking news for everyone that we're going to go ahead and announce. And Jay, I'm not going to steal your thunder, but go ahead and tell everybody else and welcome Than like
1: you should. But yes, welcome Than. Actually, you know what? Let's have some applause. I might be a little too loud. I forgot to lower that a little bit. That's but, all right. Uh, we're
2: still working out. The yeah, no,
1: Stan's been a, a day wonder. I sent out a message to the Inter Miami fan club of uh, just send me your address and we're going to send you a little care package. And he was one of the uh, the initial ones that responded. And we sent him up there, you know, some stickers of uh, that we had and some other supporters groups that we had collected as well. Uh, he is a, a listener and someone that's interacted with us uh, since day one. And then, I don't know how it started, but we st- somehow... I don't know, message back and forth or something, and we started playing FIFA. And he, he's someone I, I talk to almost every day now. He is not just a listener; he was—he's honestly a good friend. Very happy to have him on. Uh, he will be covering the academy in Fort Lauderdale CF specific will be his focus, but we are very happy to uh, expand the inner Miami podcast family with Dan Harrington. And we do have some others coming on. Uh, So again, if it's something that that you'd be interested in, reach out to us, interact with us. And uh, we take care of our own. Another thing that we're super excited about is a, a new initiative, really, right? A, a new channel to get more of the Intermami podcast. And this is going to be dropping uh, in tandem, really, with this podcast and that we will be releasing our first ever newsletter, which will be content that will be in the show and some additional content that will not be in the show. We do not always cover stuff as... You know, we talk about like MLS as a whole, uh, Fort Lauderdale CF, or the Academy on every show. So this will be a platform to really get the full Inter-Miami experience, all the news, all the details uh, will be able to be covered not only on the show, but also with the newsletter. And uh, I'll tell you what, shit's going to be hot. Link is going to be in all of our social media accounts. If you can't find it, well, you may want to look yourself in the mirror figure out why you can't find us on social media because we made it very, very easy. But then hit us up on social media for the link if you can't find it. Uh, but this is going to be exclusive content, deeper thoughts, news around the league, videos, audios. I'm sure Alex is going to upload pictures of himself like he always does. <laughs> bro, you see this new haircut? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know my thoughts on that.
2: Jay, I got to keep it real with the listeners right now, bro. So I got to get you, put you on blast, man. That is... What you just listened to is the fact that Jay was reading off this script for the first time in this
1: show's history. And if you couldn't imagine, (laughs) it was obvious. Well, you should probably call my mom and dad right now and let them know that I can in (laughs) fact read because they (laughs) have not believed that fact for a while. Anyways, Jay was saying
2: we are coming live with the newsletter. This shit's going to be hot. It's going to be popping and we're going to go ahead and have Than contribute on the newsletter. So if you guys are wondering where the hell is Than, he's going to be on the pod in a few weeks. Don't you worry. Don't you, don't you worry, but he's going to go ahead and be sponsored and recognized as a contributor on the newsletter that is coming out to everybody, And but, dropping
1: fire on uh, the Twitter sphere as well.
2: He is dropping fire on the Twitter sphere as well. You know, we have Twitter, we have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have a podcast. We have a newsletter now.
1: We're li- we're looking for a, a 13 year old listener who crushes TikTok, and that's the, apparently the platform of the future, per the news.
2: <laughs> that's all you got
1: for us? I, I have no idea about TikTok. I just I don't know. Have you ever been on TikTok? I've never been on TikTok.
2: No, have you? Ever, you haven't ever. I've seen watched a video? TikTok videos. Okay that people send me but you've never made a tiktok i've never
1: made a tiktok okay. nor do i have the app so i don't know how it works i know it's like a younger generation thing and apparently it's like
2: you know it's kind of big i mean who knows man it is it, bleeding generations dude don't give it a shot dude give it a shot but anyway
1: r.i.p myspace
2: big shout out to fan for joining the club but anyway jay outside of all this cool news that's going on in the inner miami podcast we had some pretty big news happen around the team here but
1: we did so after uh, an interesting saga. I don't know how to say that. I don't want to. This is a I'm not, messy I'm not, breakup, Mr. Coach Alonzo, I'm not laughing at you. I promise. I I understand. This was probably a very confusing. Part of your life because you thought you were fired, but you weren't fired, and you were then the head coach, and then you saw rumors, and you weren't the head coach, and you weren't really sure if you're the head coach, and then it turns out you're not the head coach, and now we have a new head coach, which would be none other than uh, David Beckham's teammate, but Phil Neville will be the new manager uh, slash head coach. For anyone that doesn't, you know, so- no soccer terminology. Uh, who you know actually played with David Beckham at uh, Manchester United and continued with Everton. But uh, one of the well-known figures in English football, man, and now he will be taking the reins and guiding this little pony to the championships.
2: Yeah, and before we get into Mr. Phil over here, I think that, you know, let's give Mr. Diego his time that he has deserved, and it's about a minute right now
3: um
2: that was kind of savage i'm sorry that's fire dude you keep that I'm up sorry. But anyway this is jay and i have been talking about potential coaching change you know young dp and pellegrini changes but we wouldn't have imagined that a coaching change would have happened this quick and honestly to jay's point and i had alluded to it actually i just blatant out and said it this has all the makings of a very, very messy breakup. I mean, shit, man. We got, we got a guy coming out of the meeting not knowing if he's fired or if, he's, if he still has a job. Confusion on the media front to explain to everybody who's interested on what the heck is going on. And then he thinks he has a job no longer to find himself let go a week to two weeks later for none other than, you know, David Beckham's old chum, you know, Phil Neville.
1: Oh chum, you say. Oh chum, you say. Uh, but no, this is this is um, very very interesting because you know Beckham is has not been able to really be in the country at all due to the coronavirus situation. Uh, he has now come back into the country and he even played some you know a little bit with the academy, probably passing on some knowledge, but also showing him that hey, uh, he may have some gray hairs, but he can still score them buckets as they say in the, the sport of soccer, three pointer, <laughs> three touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I just you kind of get this feeling that like, I, I feel like, you know, I guess we'll, because we'll, 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 there's been a lot of changes. I mean, we'll, I guess we'll focus on Phil right now, but like the Paul McDonough situation and this is, is kind of hand in hand because I don't think Paul McDonough and Diego were uh, like David's choices, right? Paul had a pedigree of, of of expansions with with some success, specifically at Atlanta United. But he came over here and he didn't really do, you know, as good of, of a job. And then we get into last year, as you can recall, when we were trying to select a head coach, right? And there are many big names that were associated with Inner Miami and it turns out that like actually none of them ended up being with the team and it was kind of a curveball out of left field with Diego Alonso being picked as the head coach. So this is probably like you know I I think there's some to be said that David's coming in with a little bit more hands-on approach and we can credit probably Phil Neville. Um I don't know how much we can credit like the the Chris Henderson replacement for 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 McDonough, because Chris Henderson is a, a kind of a staple of the MLS, if you will, coming from, from Seattle. But regardless, I, as much as uncertainty as there kind of is around this, like, will Phil Neville be a successful coach in the MLS? Uh, we, will, we will see. But I feel a sense of relief that David Beckham is, has kind of got in there to start making these moves.
2: Listen, Jay, I don't know what the hell you just said, but I'm going to break it down real quick. Phil is David's guy. Diego was Paul's guy. And that's the reality of the situation. I think that the issue was, was that David was overseas unable, not from, not, to his, you know, choice, right? Like he was literally unable to come back to the United States and put his footprint on this club. And I think with that being said, you know, if you look at Paul's history in the clubs that he's been with, he has a reputation for being very, very hands-on, which obviously in some cases serves him very well. Obviously in other cases, it doesn't serve him very much well. So I think that this was, more of a move to bring in David Beckham's people, right? You know, Phil Neville is someone that he's known for what, 25, 20 years. He's won championships. He's known this guy. He's he's a part owner of the same group with the same club, which we'll get into a little bit later. Southport City, right? Exactly. So he has a deep rooted relationship with Phil Neville, and I guess that's really the systemic, you know, kind of question that a lot of people have, right? Like, is this just David's buddy, or is this a real master of football who's going to take this club to the next level? Well, the reality is only time will play, right? Well, you look you at know? his
1: buddies, though. I mean, you got like Zidane crushed around Madrid, Pirlo doing well at Juventus, so his buddies that he played with. To have turned out to be good coaches
2: well you look at his buddies too right but you also look at him wanting to have a bit bigger bigger impact on this club and i think with the addition of phil I think he's going to have his ear a little bit more, right? Diego Alonso, you know, not only, you know, on a communication standpoint, you know, would have his challenges with David Beckham, but also the fact that he wasn't here, this is someone who's gonna be centralized in the same location they have a prior relationship with. This is someone who, you know, they can have their battles with behind the door as it's closed and walk out actually better men, right? And better better positioning of the club as a totality, right?
1: No, I, I 100% agree with that.
2: So I think that, like, th- this this move, and obviously it has a controversy. And the reality is, folks, is this move is going to be judged two years down the line. You know, we can sing his praises and, and you know, talk about them all as well. And we're going to get into a couple of those. But the reality is that the coach is going to be judged on the wins, loss, and championships.
1: Uh, if if they can last two years, that'd be phenomenal. But. You know these Miami fans. <laughs> they are they are vicious, so they expect, you know, results basically right away. I feel like we kind of got shafted a little bit, right? Because McDonough was, you know, he was a sporting director for Orlando City and and they just made their first playoff appearance this season. You know, they what was that six or seven years mm-hmm. where they weren't? And then, you know, we, you know, thankfully kind of snuck our way into the playing round, but Once McDonough left Orlando, he went to Atlanta, and then Atlanta just, like, balled out instantly, right? So it's kind of what have you done for me now versus, you know, what have you done in the past or what have you done for me lately, whatever that saying may be. I feel like we were sold on a good showing in Atlanta, thinking that it was going to be concrete. And if we took Paul McDonough as our sporting director, then we would have the same results as Atlanta in our inaugural season. But that's not the case. We got pretty much what happened to Orlando City right so it, it, it was not what everyone was expecting but now you know kind of playing the flip side now we're getting pieces in place that i think a lot of us were expecting initially as the organization started to form listen the
2: hiring of paul mcdonough i think was more to do with what everybody was thinking right the glitz and the glamour of miami right well check it out fellows and ladies. Hmm. Can't forget about the ladies, but be inclusive. We are in Fort Lauderdale. It's not Miami right now. And I think that Paul McDonough was a part of a star studded cast that we were all envisioning walking down Hollywood Boulevard as some magical you know movie premiere with you know the best players in the world coming down and joining up teams with David Beckham and Inter Miami and blah blah, blah 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 right that shit ain't happening I right? thought you were talking about like
1: Hollywood Florida like Hollywood Boulevard Hollywood. no I was like
2: why would that be the one no that would not be the one no but no I'm talking about the West Coast of like the red yeah, carpet no, like getting that getting the- out. yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that's what I'm talking about and it just wasn't simply the fact and I think that from the start which actually brings me to a question Jay we obviously saw a disconnect on the pitch all season long like clearly right you know the the amount of talent that we have and so a team like Nashville who's an expansion club just like ourselves, in the same year moves way farther and obviously way more advanced than us right now but the question is is that Do you think that Paul really kind of took the reins himself and kind of took it a little bit away from David as David was obviously not in this country, probably couldn't have as much of an influence on the club as you want to. But do you think that Paul kind of took this direction the way that he wanted to? And, And David was like, hey, listen, man, this is not the direction that I want to go in. And that's where kind of the feud or the root of the issue is.
1: Uh, well, you know, it's, it's tough, right? So David's abroad. You got, you know, like Jorge Moss is still here in, in, in Paul McDonough is still here. And they're the major ones pulling the strings. I don't, I don't think they're like necessarily well, like Paul
2: McDonough isn't here.
1: Well, so but I'm saying like at that time, Paul McDonough was here with Jorge Moss stateside with, with Beckham being in, in, uh, in the UK. And I, I think that, you know, being away and only being able to be on phone calls and not in those kind of you know, in person discussions. Like I I definitely think that did play some sort of point. I, I don't think that Paul McDonough necessarily like ran rogue. I think the organization saw what he did with Atlanta United and then relied on those results too much and didn't really have a contingency plan if you know the players weren't aligning with what they were envisioning. But also at the same time, it's a very difficult discussion to really to have or, or to pin down because a lot of the 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 fingers will be pointed at Diego Alonso, right? We have the talent, we have Matuidi. we have Gonzalo Wayne, we have Rodolfo Pizarro, we have Louis Morgan, LGP was a stud defender, Nico Fagal highly touted. And you know, we we had some like MLS veterans too, like a willow trap, like an, an Agudelo or Uyoya. And, you know, even Jay Chapman, you go through our line, like we, we drafted and picked people that had experience kind of with this, like almost blind faith that it would work out. And I just don't think that, you know, a a lot of times plans don't go according to change. And if you don't have a backup plan, then you're, you're kind of just stuck with what you have.
2: Yeah. And obviously change is the only thing that has it's it's changed. Life that is certain, right? Like change is the only thing in life that is certain, right? And as you continue to grow and as you continue to develop, like that—that that is the one factor that continues to be in your life, but. Jay, I got to say, man, you know, yeah. Phil coming off of some pretty good experience and we go back to the word change, right? Like, you know, he's been a part of England's Women's National Chief. He yeah, well, was break,
1: break down his credentials for us.
2: A thousand percent. I mean, listen, this guy has played 20 years of some of the top-notch football in the entire world he has racked up a total of 14 trophies during his time at manchester united including six premier league titles this is no chum here three fa cups and one uefa championship league title as a head coach he has led england's women's national team to a 2019 cup title as well as qualified for the 2021 summer olympics
1: they lose to in the 2019 she believed cup
2: i'm gonna go ahead and probably say america you get it right buddy shocker but anyway this is not a guy that we're just bringing off the side of the street and you know he's highly credentialed obviously the biggest or one of the biggest downsides is the fact that he hasn't coached in the mls but I think that we're going to kind of get into a little bit more of that and why the value of the asset of Chris Henderson is so important to this puzzle moving forward is one of the biggest emphasis is the fact that Phil has not yet participated in Major League Soccer.
1: Yeah, that, that is like a, definitely something to focus on. but. International coaches get a diverse group of players to coach. So I think if you can find some success in that, then you have a general kind of foundation to build off, right? We
2: saw success from Diego Alonso.
1: Uh, We saw a lot of failure that see, that's something we didn't highlight because we do stay so positive. Like he won the champions or the CONCACAF Champions League and then was fired like six months later. Right. So there is a lot of that that we don't see. We could sit here and highlight any coach that you want to email us or or send us on social media. Yeah, We can find some positives to, to talk about it you know but i think being realistic the mls is is not one of the major leagues in the world we're trying to get there we're trying to not be the elephant graveyard where european talent comes to die and retire right we're trying to elevate that so it's just it's weird to me that to think someone that hasn't coached at a high level before could handle the mls there will be some you know tweaks and some adjusting but i think that it's some that that they would be comfortable with you know in the in the long term, we're talking one two years. I mean, maybe it takes a half a year or a year to really get a grip, but that second year should be, you know, pretty solid. I mean, you play you played for Manchester United. You know, you, your your brother is coach as well. I mean, this is this is all you know is is football, and to go to the semifinals of the Women's World Cup is not easy. I mean, obviously, America consistently has one of the best female soccer teams you know the, the the women's national team is is a, a, an absolute powerhouse and that's not to say the competition isn't there there is plenty of competition so to get to the finals i think speaks volumes now will it translate i, I it's so hard to say it well, is so hard to say
2: listen it's a, it feels like a old saying here at the Inter miami podcast but we don't have a crystal ball y'all we don't have a crystal ball and we're just going to have to watch and find out it is a two-year deal that Phil is with the club but you know hey Diego's contract was longer so if he doesn't step up to the plate guess what that probably won't go all the way to two years but anyway in addition to Phil we brought on one more huge piece to the puzzle here and probably probably was the guy that we should have looked at
1: hiring honestly in the
2: first place here but his name is Mr. Chris Henderson
1: they couldn't get him at the time and now they could so they did
2: Fantastic. Well, honestly, I am thrilled to have him aboard. And it seems like the rest of the inner Miami community is absolutely doing backflips right now for this guy to join our club because this is someone that we need, right? This is someone who has been instrumental in the development of the Seattle Sounders in the MLS, someone who has been there for damn near 20 years, who knows the idea of longevity and, dare I say, loyalty. And this is someone who understands all the teams around the league, the conference, etc. He's been around the block. This is someone who's going to be able to call people's personal cell phones up and start talking deals before we even know that they're going on. This is someone who is going to take this team to the next level, Jay. This is probably my favorite signing definitely this offseason because there's probably only 3, but potentially the entire club's history.
1: No, this is major. I mean, this is six point six point eight ounce baby Jesus right here. Ooh. This is this is the chosen one. This is the savior. So six point We're eight. talking about Chris Henderson, right? And I mean, this guy is a, a, a stud. In this sport, and you know, not only like fun fact that you know he did play for the 2001 Miami Fusion, he did score three goals for the club, but uh, he has spent the last 13 seasons with Seattle Sounders as their sporting director. And if you follow the MLS, which if you're listening to this podcast, you either have been following the MLS or you've just been following the MLS for the past year. But uh, this guy is an absolute monster to have in your front office. He has two MLS cups under his belts. Uh, four Lamar Hunt U.S. Cups, one Supporter Shield, four U.S. Open Cups. And, uh, you know, I can't say just as expected because this is a super draft, but, you know, this is where we're going to see the signings pick back up, right? So, you know, we did have what, 10 vacancies, we did miss one last episode, we will correct ourselves in a bit, but we had 10 openings, Uh Patrick Segrist got signed, and then uh, three others with the Super Draft, which we will talk about later, but we kind of thought it was a little weird that, there were no signings that we were letting players go or trading players or keeping them on loan whatever the situation may be but there were no acquisitions and we were kind of wondering like why is every other team making acquisitions and we're not well here's why we were waiting to have a sporting director in place we did have an interim i think the title was sporting manager who was kind of taking over the range, trying to hold the ship together but if you're looking for a leader If you're looking for a leader in the MLS, then Chris Henderson is in the upper echelon. He's on the top shelf of the trophy cabinet. This is the guy that you want. And, you know, I I kind of cut you off a little bit before. We did try to get him initially, and they went with Paul McDonough. I think there was something contractually where he wasn't available, so to see us come back now, still realize like this is a guy we want and, you know, we did do through this year, but now we can get him and we acquire him. Like this is huge. This is this is not just this year huge. This is huge for the longevity of his tenure with the club. He will pull strings, make decisions that could take us from barely making it into the playoffs in our first season to literally an MLS Cup potentially in 3 to 4 seasons.
2: I think you're right and you know it's so wonderful having people who are new to the game of soccer, football, however you want to call it. Because we were on this journey together. And, you know, this has been part of the biggest, you know, part of the joys of Jay and myself putting together this podcast is really educating the new folks to this great sport in South Florida. And for me to put this idea of Chris Henderson in your mind so you can create some type of analogy or example of what we're talking about, this is the signing of Pat Riley with the Miami Heat, y'all. This is like the cornerstone of your franchise as stars are rotating through your club you know this is the person who is going to continuously have player development through the draft through the academy through his relationships in mls and build a true powerhouse that we're all looking forward to for years to come right this is the guy right as there's a mickey arison as you know david beckham there has to be a Pat Riley, and we're hoping this is Chris
1: Henderson. Chris Henderson is a virus. A, a, soon, a virus that soon, you want bro. to spread through your organization or your body. He will get involved in almost every facet and will take over this club. And the direction he will give it will be phenomenal. I mean, again, we cannot be lucky enough to to have him We're You know, it kind of sucks because the first season was like, it is what it is. It feels like a complete restart, but I feel like we're restarting with the pieces that we need. We're going to get a European coach who played with David Beckham. We're going to get one of the best sporting directors in the MLS. And then it's not going to be instantaneous. So we, you know. We expect to play better this season than we did last season, but it won't be instantaneous. But in a three to five to six year time frame, we could legit be contenders for the MLS Cup or Supporter Shield and or both.
2: Listen, before we get on to some big news that happened, which was the Super Draft. I got to say Jay I I'm not a big fan of this whole restart word that I keep hearing and you know we'll have the siege on a little bit later and it, and it was a it was a word of emphasis to be honest and I don't think we're restarting with you know Gonzalo Higuain, I don't think we're restarting with Blaise Matweed. I don't think we're restarting with Lewis Morgan, I don't think we're restarting with Radulfo Pizarro, I don't think we're restarting with all these people, so I think that in the giant ecosystem of what is Inner Miami is the fact that Paul McDonough, Diego Alonso, because who knows if someone like Pizarro is on our team without Diego Alonso, played a role in the ecosystem of where we are today, and then we're just taking our natural path into where we need to be.
1: Well, with all due respect, this is where you and I will will disagree because I welcome a restart. I think that last season was tumultuous. I mean, you look at the players we have, the talent we have, the veterans we drafted, and I expect better results. Our fans expect better results. And we were given a shorthand last season, given the, the uncertainties of 2020 and the, you know, Stoppage and MLS is back, then restoppage, like all that. No, like I welcome this complete restructuring, rebuilding because we have the talent, but I don't think they were being utilized in the capacity they need to be utilized.
2: Let me ask you this. If you were all about the restart and the restructure, would you give up a Pizarro, a Iguayan and my Tweety in the best contract of MLS history? Would you
1: give that up? Well, we don't have to give up a tweety.
2: No, you do, because if we don't
1: have
2: Paul, who knows if all this happens?
1: So here's the most curious thing. Matuidi joined because he played with David Beckham at PSG. I think that David Beckham had some say in the acquisitions in persuading, but not the organization as a whole. I don't think he had much say on the day-to-day, but I think David Beckham was key because Blaise Matuidi would not have signed if he did not play with David Beckham. We're talking about the Goat. We're talking about the Red Devil himself, the Galactico God, the Savior, or what's that movie? with um, The Guardians of the Galaxy, LA Galaxy. He's the hero of San Siro. He is Paris Fashion Week. He didn't go to PSG to play. He is Paris Fashion Week fashion week it's David Beckham man so he had to say Gonzalo wouldn't come here for if, if it wasn't David Beckham's team I'm, I'm pretty convinced of that but I feel like you know for all my 80s and 90s babies out there when our powers combine we are Captain Planet you know and I feel like we're now getting the pieces we need to be a serious force uh in the MLS and Again, it won't be instantaneous. It might take several weeks or a few months. But you got to have faith. Because if you don't have faith, then hell, you, why are you listening to this podcast? We've been through some hardships together.
2: Well, well, listen. I mean, the restart bus button. I'm not a big fan of. But listen, I think it was a great button to push because damn, we needed a button. We needed a code red. Hit that damn thing and let that missile fly off because we needed something to happen to this team to inject some type of positivity See, and that's I, what it's all about I,
1: feel like I just converted you there we go
2: Maybe, you didn't convert
1: shit you all just right. explained to the listeners what galaxy the the, the goddamn Hey, if you don't like my analogies, mm-hmm. listeners, please email us and let us know if you don't like did. that. Now, I'm going to go ahead and cut this whole script. I know this is already causing Alex to freak out, but I want to get this news out of the way because uh, we're going to go into the positives, but let's go ahead and knock these negatives out. We we did not uh, mention, uh, but uh, Juan Aguadelo will no longer be with the team. He is actually signing uh with the new york red bulls so that brings us down if you're keeping track from a number standpoint
2: reyes is actually the one who is signing with the red
1: bulls oh sorry oh my goodness what am i doing see this is
2: what happened when jay goes off script he tries to go rogue and every single episode y'all
1: this is what happens all right so juan agudelo will no longer be with the team uh we do not know where he will land yet but uh he uh, he will no longer be here. So that brings it down to 10 players no longer on the team. We are plus one with Patrick Segris who we covered last episode. So we're up to 21. Now, back to uh, Alex's point. So we mentioned Andres Reyes not being with the team, but we did get an update that uh, he will be joining the New York Red Bulls. Uh, we loaned him out to nationale We did not, or, sorry, we loaned him from Nationale, but we did not exercise his contract option. The Red Bulls did, which kind of the dude's got speed and he does have talent. Dude. If you can develop it and they're a high pressing team, could be it, could be scary,
2: dude. It's fine, bro. You're gonna see this guy on highlights for all the wrong reasons. Right. And you know what? It, the, the reality is, is that listen,
1: he's the yellow card champ, bro. He
2: he might have LJP. It's gonna be a battle all year to see who has the most yellow cards in the entire league, but anyway he is someone who has great potential we know that i mean listen he was our starter when he could start which is probably half the season because he was out due to yellow card allocation but that's not besides the point <laughs> Yeah, you know, it gets tricky out there. But anyway, he he's someone who you know. Listen, at the end of the day, we wish the best to. He had a big footprint on our club. You know, he wore that mask, which is pretty wild. I was he played Batman. with a broken
0: face. Yeah, like good he for gave him. His all.
2: He tried his heart out, which is cool. But honestly, I'm not. I'm not that broken up over this whole thing. Honestly, I was. I was a little bit more cut up. You know, from Will Tratt, just because of you know one reason. All right, you know. people. You know, you know, Hey, Greek,
1: we love him, but look, we weren't keeping him. So glad to hear that he is with a a different MLS team and not, you know, not to knock on the Argentinian. Well, no, it's good because we're going to play him. Well, yeah, we will. And I hope he doesn't stop any goals or anything. Don't worry. But, uh, or not the Argentine, but the, the Colombian team national rather. Um, but you know, we did want to, to give that update. Uh, so we wish, wish him the best of future, but, uh, yeah, Juan Aguadelo will not be here. So that brought us down to 20 players on the roster. Seagrass brings us up to 21. And then not a, necessarily a loss, but uh, Jairo Quintero will not be here any longer. So go ahead and, and tell us what that situation looks like.
2: I mean, it looks like, I mean, listen, this was a guy that we are not familiar with because, hey, check it out. He wasn't with our club last year. He was actually out on a loan. He will be loaned out a again to the same club. So we're going to go ahead and not see Mr. Quintero's with the club this year he's gonna be back he's a center back registered 13 overall appearances one goal hey check him out but anyway he is gonna not be with the club again we still need to fill our back line which is crazy because when we started this podcast a while ago we were like damn our back line is pretty fire and now we got nobody on our back line we got lgp and geez who we got nico Fagal, and that's about it
1: until <laughs>
2: which is a segue, the super draft,
1: yes. So now, so now that we're here, yeah, we wanted to cover that. We want to make sure everyone understands where we are as far as players lost, right? So that's 10 players lost. We acquired Patrick Seeger, so we're at 21. If you're doing the math, there are nine openings. There are, is that what you were holding up your hands? Oh, gosh. All right, I, I love that. He was holding up nine on his fingers. I said 21, and there are 30 Might have been uh, roster slots. So, yeah, we do have nine openings now that we acquired Patrick Segris. Again, we kind of took a little bit of a slow approach on this because we were trying to get our sporting director in place. But today was Thursday, which means that it's a super draft. So, Inter-Miami did have two picks in the first round, one in the second round, and I believe two in the third round. But we'll get to the, the, I didn't know you could like really like, it's funny because you don't pass on your pick in the in NFL or NBA, but in the MLS, you'll straight up see teams just pass, like not even select anybody because they don't even want to gamble on them, which is, it's kind of mind blowing to me, but maybe, you know, here's a fun
2: thought. Like instead of passing on your pick, maybe you should like announce like a charity and give them recognition and say, hey, listen, we're gonna pass on our pick, but, you know, sponsored by, et cetera. Like maybe something else and just pass,
1: right? You speak a lot about charity donations. But, moving on. <laughs> oh, that's such a high-pitched laugh you got, buddy. Anyway, uh, so we're gonna skip the worst part. All right, here's the deal. And remind me pass on their third round picks. We had the, the round three pick 29 and round three pick 31. So 83rd and 85th overall. We just scratched and decided not to pick anyone. Moving us up. First round, we had the 10th pick overall. Everyone was thinking we're going to take a center back or you know fullback. Everyone thought if they weren't going to do that, nah. they'd probably take a CDM. Not us. Not <laughs> Psych, not this club. (laughs) No, Instead, we just come out swinging with a forward out of Indiana University, none other than Josh Penn himself. 22 games played, six goals, two assists. Not incredibly impressive, but not bad either. He's a former U.S. Youth International, but it will be interesting to see. Where does Josh Penn fit into the equation? Because we have Gonzalo. We have Julian Carranza.
2: You know where he'd fit? We
1: have Robbie Robinson.
2: He'd fit right where Daryl D... Ah,
1: oh, that's a that's a dick move. That's a real... You're going to do that right now? Wow. So, yeah, obviously, we're still a little hurt that we could have had Daryl D.K. with our... Number one overall paper. we took Robbie Robinson. Or number three, or number three, but we took Dylan Neelis. But hey, Orlando's having a blast. Super pumped out Dylan. Super, super. I like I like Dylan. Niles I like alone, Dylan so too. Not gonna knock that I alone.
2: like Robbie too. Just Robbie smile
1: once in a while? <laughs> Robbie just look happy. Look happy, man. But um, I don't. It's it's so we tried to do this last season. It's so hard to even like analyze. Super draft picks because you never know. Some people are great, some people aren't. He looks like he definitely has some uh, some skill. Again, played at uh, University of Indiana. Uh, I mean, we're talking like total twenty two games played, um, six goals, two assists. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I what know.
2: else is there to say? Josh, Josh Penn welcome to the club. We are super thrilled to have you aboard.
1: <laughs> Oh, that seems so loud. I'm sorry if I blew people's eardrums That's out. That's all right. Just I'm drove a, a few people
2: a off bit. the side of the road, but it's cool. But Josh, welcome to the club. And there was a second pick in our first round draft, Jay. One I'm- more
1: thing on Josh, though, is that there is plenty of the goal scoring chairs to go around. So go ahead and get you somebody.
2: Go ahead and get you some, dude. There's about nineteen goals that are free for you right there, there bro. All right.
1: Now That's big this news. Is, this is big. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Nah, you you saw me straighten up. I know.
2: Seat. I know. Let me set you up here, dude. But uh this is big news. This is big news for Jay and only ah. Jay. Um, there was a Kentucky player that was drafted in the twenty-sixth.
1: Pick and Jay. All right. First off, he's not, he's from the University of Kentucky, which is a little different than Louisville. He's not from U of L. He's not a Cardinal. All right, but I will same area. I will find
2: for you though, the place, place
1: in my heart. To who don't him. know where Louisville is? It's Kentucky. Yeah, Louisville and Lexington are literally like fifty minutes apart from each other. It's a uh, bloody rivalry compared to, you know, UF or FSU or FSU Miami. Okay. God, I can't wait to add this war chant in here. Uh yeah, it is a bitter, bitter, bitter rivalry. And I am a UFO fan, so I um, by by creed have to hate everyone from UK, but I'm gonna make one exception, and I'm talking about our uh first round pick, 26th overall in the first round. Uh his name is uh Amy A-I-M-E. I could be butchering that. I'll get better at that, <laughs> I promise. Ami Mabika. And uh, he is a defender, which we needed. Like, we were all kind of shocked that we didn't take a defender with our first pick. But uh, he's a defender, played for UK. Uh, The very interesting fact to know about this player is he is 6'6". He is a statue of a player. He is not super stocky uh, nor slow. He is pretty, you know... Athletically built for the pitch, and I think that he will be able to fill out even more as his professional career goes on. But we're talking about a, a an absolute monster of a defender uh, who also scored uh, two goals last season. So, like you know, he can even score. He will be there to six six jump up and head balls. How how tall is LGP for reference? He's definitely
2: not six six. But the fact that you're that. For listeners out there, the funniest note was created. He's six feet. Under he's six guy. feet.
1: So he's, he, we're talking is six inches on probably our best defender.
2: Jay has six six semicolon he big
1: <laughs> he big <laughs> 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 he he is very big. He's a, he's a physical presence in the back. Um, I mean, we want to talk about accolades. This dude has won some accolades. So bear with me for a second because the sec only has two male soccer programs so um i guess they're technically in the the conference usa so uh, 2020 red shirt senior started all six fall matches um that's it my, no no these are <laughs> sorry these are all the so here we go so i'm getting to the to, to the uh Recognitions. Uh, he was named the CUSA Player of the Year and CUSA Co-Defensive MVP. Named a United Soccer Coaches All Southeast Region First Team, All CUSA First Team, CUSA All Tournament Team, United Soccer Coaches Scholar All American First Team, United Soccer Soccer Coaches Scholar All South Region First Team, CUSA Commissioner's Honor Roll and Fall SEC Academic Honor Roll, CUSA Preseason. And defensive Player of the Year, which will be prior to the season. Named to Mac Herman Trophy Watch List and CUSA Preseason Team prior to season. He was the team captain, started all 21 matches, played 1,887 matches, second among, second among UK players and scored three goals. This guy has a lot of potential and I'll tell you what, if uh, Christian McCoon can get to his full potential and we have... Uh, Mabika as well, that could be a, a serious threat. Which brings us to our second round
2: pick, 10th pick in the second round. For you mathematicians out there, that is pick number 37. Mr. Joseph Hafferty, out of Oregon State. Beavertown defender,
1: y'all. Beaver Town Central. <laughs> I love those air horns. <laughs> we have them now, so we're going to use them. Uh, yeah, I mean, like we talk about this guy overall. Uh, it's 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 difficult to really be able to analyze too much because not everyone has like a thorough highlight tape out of out of college, right? But you know, just looking off statistics, I mean, he played in fifty three games. He started fifty of those games. He has two goals, five assists. Uh, you know. Looks to be a pretty decent defender. I I hope between him and and Mabika, we we do have one serious player. Uh, But, you know, it's it's really tough to say off some of these because there's just not enough evidence to analyze or digest. It's going to be, even if you did have a great tape, that doesn't mean you translate well into the MLS, but uh, you know, that's, that's the three that that we pick. We, we got uh, Josh Penn, Ame Mabika and and Joseph Hafferty, which he goes by Joe Hafferty. Uh, And again, we passed on our third round picks, which was the uh, round three pick 29 and pick 31, uh, which would be the 83rd and 85th overall straight out Passed on those. Now, if we're going to deduct real quick here, quick maths. Lost 10 players, we're at 20. We acquire Patrick Seegers, we're at 21. We've got Josh Penn, 22. Mabika, 23. And Joe Hafferty as 24. Now, you like to honestly point out a lot that that doesn't mean that they're signed to the team. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair point. But we're probably looking at 23, 24 players on the roster right now. You know, I could see a, a, a situation where maybe Hafferty gets loaned out or Mbiki gets loaned out or Penn gets loaned out to uh, Fort Lauderdale CF. But we're probably, you know, looking at six to seven more acquisitions that have to happen now that we haven't been making. But again, we've been waiting for Chris Henderson, waiting for Phil Neville. So now we're going to be in this spot where we're going to start acquiring players. My question to you is who are you most excited about of those three players that we drafted?
2: Fair question, Jay. Fair question. I guess that has all of inner miami sitting at the edge of their seats right now. And my answer is honestly no one here, bud. Um, I'm not overly thrilled with anyone that we picked up for a few reasons. One is that you know I'm a little surprised that Josh Penn was our first overall pick, which was our number one 10 splo- 10th slot in the Super Draft. I'm curious, number one, is because... I thought we were going defensive back all day, every day on this pick. And to pick Josh Penn, who, you know... Center back, bud. Yes, that too. And, you know, (laughs) to have Josh Penn a part of the club, who, you know, didn't really kind of raise too many eyebrows, but did pretty good, did pretty good at Indiana University. You know, not going to knock the guy. They called him a first-round,
1: you know, a striker, so
2: we'll see. And listen, you know... We drafted Robbie Robinson in our first, you know, overall draft pick last year and we saw how that worked out. So only time will tell to depend on how much of an influence these players will have on our club. But I thought that that was a reflection of one point and one point, you know, totally, Jay. And that was the fact of Christian McCoon's development. I felt that With the fact of Andres Reyes and Ben Sweat leaving the club, that that was going to leave a spot for the Beast, for Christian Makun to step up into that senior role. And to be real with you, dude, I don't know if... And Bika is going to start with our club day one. I really don't imagine so. I think he's going to play a little bit more of a Jerome Kisaveta role, which is, you know, drop down to the USL, you know, get some playing time, get some professional minutes underneath your belt, you know, understand the game a little bit more and try and step up into that senior role and have a lot more of a heavier influence. And what I really look to with these draft picks is really looking at, you know, Chris Henderson. Listen, he had his footprint On this draft, you know, Paul McDonough is no longer a part of the formula, it is now David Beckham and Chris Henderson's show, so he must have drafted this guy for some reason. And I'm curious to see how that thing all unfolds. But you know, to sit here and, and say that you know, Mbika is a day one starter, I don't think that's the case. I think that we have slots to fill on our roster and obviously with your Lewis's, you know your radufos you you know your Iguain's, and you know Messies and folks like that Your your front line your attack is stacked right we got to focus on our back line which is kind of drawing the concern with our fan group right now
1: well number one i don't like how you did our boy jerome kesevator there buddy i would say he would take the christian McCoon route and go to the uh the Fort Lauderdale CF there. Uh, not necessarily crushing our Voyager from, who we love. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I don't think it's going to be a day one starter. I think it will take a little bit of development. But, again, 6'6". Six, six, I think it will be Lewis Morgan's favorite target. Uh, it, when he does become a starter, I mean, he'll be, have the ability to head, head over. Which is a good point, Jay. Right? Basically, everyone on the field.
2: You may see him at the end of matches, you know, just for that yeah. simple point right if we're tied one i'd like to see
1: him take on the dylan needless role where you come yeah. in at the end of the match
2: yes right? i like that right so, dylan popped in every minute it seemed like 72 or like 68 or 74 something like that right that gives you a big target for when lewis is launching off those beautiful corner kicks to hit someone who has
1: mass yeah no you're, you're 100% right and I'll, you know I, look, I I love to disagree with you a lot of times and get you riled up, but uh, no, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, and I agree with you that, you know, in no shade to uh, to Josh Penn, I, I hope you are a stud and can make an impact. But, I, you know, I, I think most of our entire fan base was expecting a defensive option in that first-round pick, and we went with a forward. So I would like to thank, you know, either Chris Henderson or – Jorge Mas or David Beckham saw something in him to think where he maybe could, you know, maybe he's a four, but he can play as a winger. Like, I, I just don't see how he fits in with, like, we have to start Gonzalo. He's our guy, right? And, and until he's not, if we're going to pay that money, he's a starter. I mean,
2: I don't know if he even jumps ahead of Robbie, which brings me question marks to what is he doing in camp right now? Like, this is the first overall pick. We passed on a lot of talent last year to grab this guy as our first overall draft pick. I'm questioning, like, is this going to be a year that he steps in? Is he going to be a starter this year? It's going to be super hard with the talent that we have in the front. But like, these are all questions that we're going to have to, like, you know, dive into over the course of the season.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's going to take some time, but I'll tell you what, if (laughs) if inner miami fans have anything, I'll tell you what, it's a whole lot of patience. So we'll see how this all develops. I mean, again, this is kind of all initial speculation. We can't really, you know, hold too much weight to any of this, but let's go ahead and move on. Um, Well,
2: one thing before, big shout out to the Extra Time crew. They They did a great job. I think they did a pretty solid job on all their productions. I mean, shit. They made Colorado and Cincinnati FC look good. I mean, shoot. Like, the production was on point. You know, listen, we are all in COVID, quarantine, et cetera. I hope everyone got the chance to enjoy the Super Draft, like Jay and myself, from their office, from their home, wherever everybody was watching that. I hope it was an enjoyable time for all.
1: If we had MLS production support, we would be phenomenal as well, bud. But we have... uh... Three and a half year old as our camera guy, and he is his hands are very unsteady. Well, he's asleep, (laughs) he is asleep. So, we will see how these uh super draft picks work out. We do have uh you know high ambitions, but also a lot of questions. Well, let's get into the fun part of this show in our second year. We're gonna do uh the same thing we did in our first year, we're gonna reach out to the supporters groups, talk to them about the previous season this season what's going on what to expect so we're going to kick it off with the siege who are we having on bud we
2: are having max ramos andy and nico who will be joining us from the siege supporters group this is a super exciting short mini podcast series that jay and i are thrilled to i guess bring you annually we'd love to check in on these guys you know max from the pod but he's invited a few of his friends so jay let's go ahead and check it out bud let's
1: get to it Welcome, everybody, to the second round of our, I guess, now annual supporters group. Uh, we'll call it Ketchup now, not even Introduction. We're here, blessed to be speaking with the Siege today. We have a, a longtime friend of the podcast, Mr. Max Ramos, who was recently promoted to president of the club which is pretty uh, badass if I do say myself and then he brought along uh some of his, his uh cohort some of his goons whatever you want to call them we got Nico Abad who is was the head of creative and Andy loreta which is the head of Little Havana cohort so uh guys first off how are you doing today and then tell us a little bit more about your position so we can get to understand all this
0: Hey guys I'm glad to be back I'm really excited for the new year and the new season or likewise, like brother, we're glad to have you back,
1: and we're glad to have soccer right
0: around the corner.
1: Yep. And that, that's Max. We, you probably recognize his voice on, but uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, guys, so they can try and identify the, uh, the voice as we go through these conversations.
3: Yeah, cool. Um, so I'm Nico, Nico Bard. I'm a, I'm head of creative over at the Siege. Uh, basically, what that is is I, I try and maintain a certain aesthetic amongst the supported group. So visually, like Instagram, Twitter, all that. So basically, yeah.
1: Awesome, awesome. And then uh, yeah. Andy, tell us about what uh, being the head of Little Havana cohort is is all about. Because that's an that title right like, there, like man. a really right. interesting yeah, position. No, that's a,
3: right, it's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah you seem I'm, super I'm stoked helping. about it, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's all good, man. I mean, if there's a part of town in you know Miami that's um, that's where we're trying to promote the team and and recruit people to to be part of the group. Um, It's right here in the middle of Miami and little Havana and Shenandoah where Cayocho is and four away. So that's, that's my role. And um, so what does cohort entail? Is that
1: like the enforcer, the promoter?
3: No. So, you know, what we're trying to do is is establish groups in in different parts of of Bay County and and Broward and, and Palm beach, all of South Florida. So because it's a pretty big area, um, having some of these micro groups, uh, where, you know, you can, you can find a place to to go watch the away game, um, whether that's a restaurant or a bar or something like that. It's kind of a neighborhood, um, group. So that's what a cohort is. It's your neighborhood group. So how many
2: cohorts exist within the siege?
3: Um, I would say
0: about five or six. Uh, we, we, obviously had like a really big swell, build up and swell before the 2020 season and then everything kind of went to heck really quickly um so what we what we're trying to do is probably going to be consolidating everything this year and uh re, really uh, re, reanalyzing that because obviously uh the grants swell of support and excitement was you guys remember like tw- going into 2020 was ridiculous and then obviously the, everything fell apart So right now we're, what we're trying to do is really, really focus on like the, the important areas, like literal areas of South Florida that we can do something for, uh, and really expand our reach. And then also like, uh, really expand our game day experience, either away Mm -hmm. games or at, at home.
2: For sure. And that's important too, because obviously with COVID hitting, you know, the game day experience is different, right? You know, we can't, tailgate you know unfortunately those are those almost we feel like sin words to us over here but you know tailgating isn't really a thing you know i know that we met up with you at extreme action uh, sports park a few times before a few matches which was pretty cool but you know obviously the, the the dynamic of the whole thing changes for a bit and i guess you know max i mean you know nico andy where are you guys right now on member you know i guess how many members are you guys up to you know i guess worldwide because not only is it in south florida this thing's this thing's worldwide baby
0: Uh, I can tell, I can tell you guys, like around 350 around the world, like paid memberships or or sign-ups, Um, and and of active members, we have like a solid core of 50, Mm -hmm. uh, 50 people who like really, really are uh, ingrained in the siege, ingrained into the team, and and really, really love like just the everyday stuff, like what happened today with the Super Draft and, and the things that like Nico releases or interest in what Andy's doing in Little Havana. Like, we got a solid core, of like, 50 people that we can count on.
2: Fantastic. I mean, hey, listen, that's all you really need. That's all you really need, get things going. And, you know, I'd be curious. You know, this is probably more of a question for, you know, Nico heading up the head of creative. But, I mean, what what types of, you know, things have been in the Siege working on this offseason? Is it more expansion, you know, merchandise, clothing, um, you know, things like that? Or, or kind of what have you guys been a focus on over the last, you know, few months?
3: Oh, God. um. Well, as far as merchandise can go, it's like it's that's one of those things that like unfortunately did get kind of put completely on the back burner because of COVID nineteen. You know, nobody's nobody's going to be spending their extra petty cash on us, you know. So we're just we're waiting for this to get rolling to start uh, getting more shirts, getting more hats, scarves, whatever, whatever you do. But um, I don't know, man. Creative wise, it's just it's been it's been rough. It really has, like um. All, all we've really been able to do is the the posts on Instagram, the posts on Twitter, Facebook, trying trying to post cohesive stories of the few times we actually can get out to the game or get out to the bar together, and yeah, that's practically about all that's been able to be done. Obviously, moving forward, there are especially now that one could try and say that we're nearing the end of the pandemic now is when creative really has to like start you know start pushing hard for the recruitment posts on everywhere uh just like ads maybe uh, especially merchandising merchandising is a massive thing for for most outsiders so but but otherwise yeah it's it's, it's really been on a background to be honest so
1: yeah, well, I mean, you know, social media, you know, strategy or advertising strategy is, is always important when you're trying to grow really anything nowadays. I mean, that's how you're going to get the most reach. And, you know, this whole year has been just a whirlwind, right? Or the past year, rather 2020. I mean, so many strange circumstances that the 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 organization the club went through and then of course that affects all the supporters groups because that also scraps a lot of the plans that you had for that season so what was it like trying to navigate those treacherous treacherous waters for that the first season I mean how was that for you guys what was that like I mean you know I'm sure there was a lot of stress a lot of headaches but how did you guys kind of Find you know a silver lining in that first season.
0: I'll let Andy answer uh, this because I think uh, him being a dad it, it makes him more poignant. To be honest,
1: shout out to the dads.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, good question because we were sitting there all ready to go, the first game, first home game of the season, and and then that got canceled, and then the, you know the season got postponed and everything, and um, like two days we before had the to game. just kind of make it through. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then, it, it, you know, we last, what, three months, four months, whatever it was. And then when there was finally a, a chance to actually go to some games, I thought it made it even cooler, you know? Um, it, even, the, it, it wasn't the full experience that we expected where we wanted to go into a stadium that was packed with people really loud, especially the, the supporter section and, and stuff. But, um, you know, we, we took those, those little like moments and, and just said, this is cool, we're here, we're, we're doing this, and, and it's going to be better, you know, next year. Um, I'm, you know, I'm kind of surprised they were able to, you know, MLS and the team were able to kind of make it through the whole season. The way that it, it ended up happening, if, given everything that was going on, I think it's, it's almost kind of miraculous. And and this, is, this next season, you know, we can look at it as almost kind of like a do-over. You know, you get to kind of start over again. It's not, obviously, expansion year, but you get to kind of start, and we've got some cool pieces already on the roster. And so it's, it's really looking to the future, you know, especially a lot of things will start to come back together when people can get back together. Because that's kind of what the whole group is all about anyway, being together. And, and it's hard, no matter how good you are with social media or being on WhatsApp or whatever in, in group chats, it's, it's not the same
2: you're right it's la familia for a reason and it's one family right i think that's what it means but um but no <laughs> it means
1: the family but you're close hey you know we're working on his here. on I his know, native but, but,
2: but no i'm I, you're absolutely right right this is this this has been a season last year that has been like any other in any sport in the world in the history of earth you know i can't even say america right earth because of COVID. Right. So I guess kind of like being on the creative side and knowing that, you know, some of these projects that were stalled out, you know, what are some plans, you know, for people to look forward to if they wanted to come out and meet the siege, you know, where, where are going to be some of your pre season, you know, gatherings, you know, where can they meet you? Where can they, you know, connect with you, all that good stuff. What do you guys got going on?
0: Well, I can tell you um, one thing that we want to start doing. Um, so uh, a new bar that we're going to probably be uh, running, running, uh, running talking shop is uh, Fritz and Fronds and Coral Gables. Uh, we've, we've been looking for like a really legit like uh, soccer spot, a football spot in Miami. And we found one in Fritz and Franz, So we're really excited about that. And then uh, for games itself, uh, we've, we've made a decision. Obviously you guys were extreme with us. We're we're thinking that we need to be closer to home. Literally, um, we want to start actually like tailgating or figuring out some sort of tailgating arrangement that we can do so that we can be as much part of the game day buzz as possible. Like extreme was really really good to us. Obviously it had a great parking and everything, but it still felt a little bit like outside like outside of the of the electricity of a game day. And I'm sure Andy and Nico can attest to that. And not to say that they weren't great as they are, they were they have been, um, but we really, really want to be part of the game day experience with the other supportive groups and fans. No, I
1: mean, uh, of course, you know, like, why, why would that not, you know, not be the, the goal increase your guys presence. And like, we honestly had a blast with you guys, you know, coming out to the few events that we did with you. So, you know, I'm sure that it, it'd be hard press or any, any true fan of this club to have a bad time really with any supporters groups, but Andy, tell me what it's like, you know, being head of Little Havana, right? That's some big shoes to fill, man. You're talking about Ross, Rooster <laughs> Park, Domino.
2: Like,
1: come on. All right, bro. Alex, what's it, you, and We get it. We get it. I haven't added the uh, FSU war chant on the soundboard yet, but it's definitely coming. And every time he talks about Miami, I'm going to shut him up real quick. But, uh, you know, like, what's it, it like trying to organize supporters in that, you know, part of town? When it is a decent commute to this stadium up in Fort Lauderdale, what, what what were some of the challenges that you've you've incurred
3: or that you've uh you know, kind of seen? Yeah, well, I mean, um really the the, the supporters group when I kind of came around, the supporters group was already uh, meeting up at American Social in, in Brickle, um which which is a good spot for you know, the the central part of town of Miami. It's
1: a great spot. It's and a great spot.
3: Yeah, you know, the where you kinda go into Little Van and you go into the, the neighborhoods around there. Um, we were just starting to kind of scout out some some places that would be cool neighborhoods. You know, you really want to get a neighborhood um bar or a restaurant with the 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 flag, right? That people can walk into and the game is on and, and that's what we were really trying to to do and COVID just through a lot of cold water on on all of that right away. So we have to go back and start to re engage when, when the time is right and it's you know, people are, are feeling safer to, to kind of go out and, and gather like that. Um you know, in the meantime, the yeah, to go up to Fort Lauderdale because driving up there takes a little while from from where I'm at. Um but Especially the idea Especially like is the bright line being
1: shut down
3: be too. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's just the Fort Lauderdale site. It's, it's a great stadium. They did a really good job putting it together so quickly, too. You know, but the real, the real dream is, uh, Freedom Park when they, when they put that, you know, hopefully when they put that in, um, you know, closer into Miami. And I think that's where you're also going to start to get more of the groundswell of support in and date. I mean, it kind of, you know, people like Nico that live in, in Palm Beach or Broward, I, I know it's not. It, you know, kind of starts to take away from them a little
1: bit. But um I mean, that that, that is a very fair a, point. Nice big and
3: kind of stadium,
1: too. Yeah, and when Freedom Park occurs, well, we might have to relocate down to to Miami or somewhere closer because we're both up here in the, in, in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, place. you
2: know, it might be twenty thirty two when it happens, but um <laughs> at this rate, yeah, probably. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know so it, in Miami. You yeah. know, out of curiosity, I mean, the folks write down, you know. In Little Havana, right? Like, Cayocho Street, that area. Like, are they super bummed that the team isn't actually in Miami? Or I guess, like, kind of what's the word down in the 305 right now to talk about, you know, why this team's in Fort Lauderdale versus Miami? There's, there's well, there's some
3: confusion there. Yeah,
0: there <laughs> sure. is. Yeah, I, I can Hello. attest to that. I've, I've had some friends who are super huge football fans. They even watch Inter-Miami on TV. Like, that. that's not even... Difficult for them. It's just the whole like getting all the way up there. Um, it, it is a challenge for some people. I, if, if you got to think about it, if you're if you're coming from Andy's area, like that's the first drive you'll have to do for a pro sporting event in, in South Florida. Um, and obviously, with COVID hitting, there that that that's another reason. And I'm not giving excuses to people not going, but I, it's a completely understandable situation for someone to not want to go to a game right now. Um, but I personally think that the fact that a lot of the games were such limited capacity and all that, like, I I think all in all, like, that's why I'm I'm feeling like this year is going to be really like our first year, because it's going to feel like a, like a start to finish expansion year while last year was really just a really extensive preseason.
1: It was, but you know, to, to look at the, the bright side, you know, the, the lines to get a beer weren't too long.
0: No, that was fantastic. (laughs)
1: So, uh, I I did enjoy that aspect, but it's going to be a much more positive, Jay. I like it. But uh, awesome. awesome. Can I just say being
3: able to park? Can I just say being able to park? Not that well, though.
2: Um, Because you still have to go through the dirt path. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I, I, I'll tell you what, Like your guys' home bar in Miami is American Social. I will shout out American Social. Love them to death. It's an FSU bar. One of my dear, dear friends, Brandon Bastos, is a GM. So if you go in there, ask for Brandon Bastos, tell him Jay Kington sent you so he can overcharge you.
2: What about Ball and Chain?
0: <laughs> what is Ball that and place, Chain? That, that place is still kind of closed down.
3: No way. Yeah, closed down still. So. Oh, man. Yeah. There's another place in Little Havana that um, it's, a, um, it's, a, it's a Venezuelan – uh, craft beer slash comfort food place called Edico's. All right, that was going to be one of our cohort spots, and and of course that right when when COVID hit and lockdowns happened, um, you know it's like I said it's just kind of put the kibosh on, on a map, but um, you know they're a big time. They're also FSU uh, supporters. Who knows? <laughs> which is why Max <laughs> likes it. So I mean that sounds uh, but, delicious. Yeah, it's not the sad.
0: only that. but it helps.
1: That, it, and they got good, the Max, it, it can be the sure. only reason. Don't worry. It can be. We can sit here. Do you, we can talk about Florida State and how great Florida State is and just make Alex sit here and grime.
3: Please don't.
1: You're in Miami territory, Brian.
3: Uh-huh. Please don't. Uh-huh.
0: All right. Well, we're moving <laughs> forward.
3: So obviously, but I'm not
2: if, gonna lie. If we lie. make Nico any more uncomfortable, he'll just walk out. What is he a is Georgia he Tech is, guy? Is Nico He's probably Miami? a Florida guy?
1: Isn't he a Florida
3: no, guy? I mean, huh? I mean, Nico's just not a college football guy.
1: He's right. a f g s u Dunk City. Anyway. I uh, <laughs> really broke my heart on this though, guys. I have spent no one cares many years there one night. Shout out to all of our Miami fans. You still matter. Um, but how do you, <laughs> <laughs> how do you uh, don't worry. Canes. Well, there's been that. a lot of, there's, I'm just going to move forward. <laughs> there's been a lot of uh, changes. A lot of recent moves that the, the club has made, you know, obviously McDonough's departure, Alonzo out, then Alonzo not out, kind of in, not sure if he's in. But then rumors start. Now he's out. It's kind of like an ex-girlfriend. Get, yeah, we and then sure, and then we get Neville in, um Chris Henderson, who we think is is going to be a very valuable asset. But
0: um, we're more excited, honestly. Honestly, like Henderson, when when he was signed, a month to Siege, like that was a more exciting announcement. Because, like, those of us who watch MLS and know how Seattle's been to, for the last few years, we're very excited about that. While Neville, like, great, like, obviously very famous player, friend of Beckham, all that. It, it's more of a, like, we're all excited for him. We think we think he can be good, but it's a more of a wait and see. While Henderson is a proven commodity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, the big biggest excitement for this year was him.
1: Now let's look at like David Beckham saying he's going to take a much more active approach this season. And he was not really able to last year, unless it was via phone call or zoom or Microsoft teams or whatever he's using. But now he can get into the United States finally. And he's here and you see him out there with the Academy players, you know, having fun, but also probably providing very valuable information. I mean, where do you, where do you see the potential of this club now that David's back in town, and this seems to be—I know he's part owner of you know another team—but this seems to be kind of where they reference him, you know, in the soccer sphere right now, in the football sphere right now. You know, what are your thoughts on David Beckham stepping in, and and it looks like he's already making an impact with Phil. But where do you guys see the potential right now, or the next season or two, with David Beckham being at the helm? Mm
3: Hmm. Let's okay, not all, okay, let's not well, all yeah, jump at uh, once. Yeah, let's not down. all jump yeah, at yeah, yeah. once. Pants back a, on. Nico, Nico, that, what are your thoughts? Loaded, loaded questions. First off, shout out Becca. That's, hey! That's all, our baby, that's, that's all of our baby daddies, okay?
1: <laughs> 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 I'm going to isolate that clip. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might go on the
0: soundboard. <laughs>
3: um... But, um, no, uh, here, well, obviously, it was so messed up, him not being able to, like, be more active last season. But, you know, shit happens. But, um I'm very excited because I've I've always felt, even from when I was watching him younger, I know he was hot-headed and all that. But I always felt like Beckham had had the intelligence. And him having been at Outlaw Galaxy when, when they did win trophy. I don't know if that's plural or not, but I do remember one trophy at least. I feel like he himself, I can't like, obviously the sporting directors and everything, but he himself knows what should be happening to a winning MLS play. So maybe the impact that he, well obviously he brings in uh, Phil Neville, he brings in uh, Mr. Chris, but I feel like he knowingly is aware of what is needed. So I I think I'm really grateful for that actually. What what do you
1: think about like his pool though, right? So like outside of like front office or, you know, we're talking like C-level individuals or director level individuals or even managers, right? Strictly speaking, like player wise, you know, without Beckham, do you think we get AYN? Do you think we get Matuidi? Matuidi probably the biggest robbery of the entire league in its history as far as the deal we got him on. I just,
3: mm-hmm. I think we
1: have such a, a bright future if he spends Close to 50% of his time, if not the majority, in Miami. The type of players that he can bring in just off his aura and legend.
3: Yeah. What's interesting to me, um, I always thought that that would be a huge, a massive thing, right? Like, players, young kids are going to want to play in Miami for Beckham. But what's interesting for me is that, like, I mean, last year, obviously, he couldn't be around. But nobody really at least nobody on the roster that I can, like, immediately think of really, like, made it thing that they only came four backs. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's even, there's even and I love, it's like a meme amongst some speech supporters. There's a certain, I won't name him, but there's a certain young player on our team who publicly was featured with Beckham, and he, he acts like he doesn't care. Maybe that's not the right mentality, but it was interesting to see that, Oh shit, maybe Beckham doesn't have the pool that everyone anticipated, but like why in that case, why would you know my tweety, Igwain, even Pizarro come? So maybe I don't know. Maybe, I, I try and think that like the, the team is more than Beck. But obviously, like you guys are right, Beckham, the name. like everyone is gonna associate inter Miami with David Beckham. Like that that's practically impossible.
2: Definitely. I mean like listen, Jorge Mas y- y- you know, chris henderson you know phil neville like nobody's name compares to david beckham that's just the reality of it right and that's kind of our like secret sauce in this whole formula is the fact that we have such that's like that's like having michael jordan as your you know your general manager which i don't i know i don't know i don't think that's actually the right play right there Ooh. but uh sorry guys um but anyway like i was saying like you know Even Michael Jordan, though, has those conversations and that clout. When he walks into the room or when he gives someone a call, that is a recognizable name that people know the name of David Beckham. So, you know, to your point, you know he's instrumental in what he's done to this point. I don't think we get an Iguain or a Matuidi on, you know, to Jay's actual point is, you know, on that deal that we got or, or a Pizarro, which I know is more of Diego's guy, but, you know, I got to imagine there's more in store for us, you know, especially with Phil teaming up with his own guy, David Beckham. What do you guys think?
3: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's, it's the market, it's Miami, it's, it's Beckham and, you know, we're fortunate that we, he's a part of it. So that it's not just some, um, um, you know, nondescript MLS team that's you, you, you know in the middle, of, in the middle of America somewhere. Texas, you, know, you can say it like Austin, I, right? Like it, they,
2: they Austin, <laughs> Austin is going to have. A well, more they have. Uh, yeah. time. Gonna, Why I, throw shade on gonna Texas? Because
1: I'm going to start doing it. You could throw shade on like Nebraska. No, I'm going to throw them well, on
2: Texas. Well, I, I can make hoodies. fun of Nashville
0: all day. I can make fun of Nashville all day if you guys want.
2: All right, what's your what's your I best to, joke, Max?
0: Uh, I'm sorry, but how many times do you need to play a guitar before we get it? Your your country town or whatever. When I went to the playoff <laughs> game, there's like seven different moments of guitar playing for no exact reason. It has no purpose. <laughs> yes. have, have you been oh, to their God. airport? There's literally
1: a guitar. No, 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 down no, no, down no, no, down no, no. Down no, no, down no. Down.
0: At a Nashville game, there's oh, no. a guitar when they're starting. Yeah, there's a guitar when they're announcing players. There's a different guitar when like they're announcing the opposition there's another guitar when they're about to kick off the game there's a guitar when they're doing the national anthem there's a guitar when they score and there's a guitar when they win and it's a different guitar every single time we and i'm like wow they don't have we will, they don't will, have
3: conga drums they don't have the cowbell <laughs> <laughs> <They don't
1: laughs> you can never shakers. have too much cowbell cow
0: i'm just happy if have.
1: haven't taken over in uh in america uh, but um God no. <laughs> But tell us about, so is there, do you guys have anything planned over the next, you know, few weeks, couple months, as far as something going on where n- individuals who are looking to learn more about the siege could come out and meet you guys face to face, put a face to the name, have some fun, uh, you know, throw back some drinks unless you're, you know, God fearing Christian, but most of us aren't. So you know, what's going on with you guys? Or if
0: you have gout, get a water. If you can go, get a watch. I think
3: I think Mr. President is is best to answer that.
0: <laughs> um, as we get closer to the beginning of the season, which we are not sure when that is yet, um, we will be announcing uh meetups in in Miami Dade and in Broward, um, because a lot of our members are in the Palm Beach Broward area, like Nico, and uh, we always want like even though no. the club is into Miami, obviously the stadiums in Broward, we want to give love to both areas because. They're both important because in the end, it's, it's all one market um, into Miami's South Florida's team, and we want to make sure that South Florida feels in like involved at all points. So we're going to try to get that going, especially as we get closer to the season, and we, no one here knows when that's beginning. Obviously, the whole thing with the MLS players doing in today, like their little issue with the league, it, it, it's all kind of up in the air, but... We're excited for this year. We're excited for a full schedule, hopefully without any stops of any kind. Hopefully not of the of the human kind, um, like a labor stoppage. Um, but we will be announcing something soon, and uh, we'll, we will obviously let everybody know via our social media channels about that.
1: We'll keep us posted, and we will uh, share that news with uh, all the listeners.
2: Absolutely. And if you guys do want to connect with the Siege, like we do urge you to do, go ahead and connect with them on Twitter. That is at SiegeMiami. Or go ahead and check out their website, SiegeMiami.com. They keep it real simple, just like the Inner Miami podcast. But Max, Nico, Andy, thank you so much for joining us on the Second round of the Supporters Group series with The Siege. Is there any last words that you gentlemen would like to share with the listeners?
0: I'm going to let Nico say that.
3: Awesome. I was going to say something anyway. Uh, don't be afraid. If, if you see us having something, don't be afraid to come out. Nico has horrible um, peer pressure problems, and he usually buys rounds of shots for everybody anyway. Hey. So go ahead and come on out. He does. Come Hey, on.
1: you're my guy, Nico. Yo! <laughs> hey, Nico, if you could email me like your LinkedIn or Facebook profile, so I can get a good look at your face. Uh, <laughs> I'll see you soon, bud.
0: Oh no, no, no! If you want, if you want, I, if you want to know what Nico looks like, just look up the Egetone Star Faruco, and that's Nico. You're welcome.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're not too keen on the on the Spanish spelling, so you're gonna have to break that down for me, so I can Google images. Uh, right I, will, I will. Text that is just a
2: text message oh, afterward, fellas. Oh
1: my God. Well, be good. We appreciate you guys coming on the show. We will see you out there soon, as always. But uh, thank you so much again, Max Ramos, El Presidente, Nico Abad, Head of Creative, Andy Loretta, yep. the Head of Little Havana
0: cohort. Thanks, a lot, Bye. guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
1: Have a good one, fellas. Be good. Well, there you have it, folks. Obviously, you got to drop a folks after every interview. Uh, Such a pleasure uh, to have Max, Andy, Nico on the podcast. Check out The Siege. If you're interested in joining a supporter group, uh, go out, see their events, man. You're not going to have a bad time with The Siege or with any supporters groups. We will get to the three other supporters groups in the sequential weeks as well. But thank you so much, guys, for coming on.
2: Definitely not a bad time with the siege. Thank everyone for joining in. If you want to go ahead and check them out, everybody said so. Go ahead and reach out, do your thing. But this leads us to some big news, Jay. This is about the inter-controversy.
1: Something that's been lingering over our heads for way too long. Something lingering over all your closets because you don't even know if you could wear your shirt out without being arrested by the Italian police.
2: Yeah, if you're listen, looking at yourself in the mirror not knowing what's going on, well that, that's on you.
1: That's on you. Don't get arrested by the Italian police. People are like,
2: oh shit, they found out. They found out.
1: Oh, he's, his shirt says inter. We must arrest him.
2: Listen, Jay is talking about the inter-controversy.
1: This has been a hot topic from
2: here to Italy. It's
1: been the most dull topic that has to be done legally it's crazy it's not exciting there's not gonna be a netflix documentary on it i'm not gonna hit (laughs) you some tiger Woods
2: stuff right now like there's
1: no cliffhanger tiger documentary was fire Fire, y'all like
2: (laughs) if, if you have hbo watch it if you don't have hbo go get hbo and watch it but it was great
1: vpns you can pirate that on the internet and not get caught vpns kids
2: Anyway, Jay is an internet pirate, as we've heard before. But listen, the controversy over this whole Inter-Miami talk, inter-controversy stuff, this is all about the word inter. Inter Milan is basically claiming that it's synonymous with their club. And it should not be commercialized. But the MLS is basically claiming that the fact that they own the U.S. trademark of Inter Miami. So now imagine this, right? Like everybody's sitting around the dinner table, you know, eating, drinking, doing the whole thing. MLS is saying, hey, you know, the US trademark of Inter Miami is ours. And Inter Milan is saying, hey, the US trademark for Inter is ours. And so everybody's looking at each other like, what in the hell are you talking about? you know you want us to be the miami herons or something like it doesn't matter with what this crap is going on there we're not going to change our name from the inter miami herons this is not going to happen the mls already has ownership of that trademark and inter milan that's not even the real club name and it seems like that they're going through logo and different team name change in this year anyway
1: well that's a that's a, like a, a- ceremonial change like a, a, a i think it's like 200 years or 150 years or whatever so that is just for the year it's but not continue. gonna be their name or the logo but continue no for a, for a year then they're going back to it it's like just a one-year it's like how hmm. like, like during the hall pass yeah it was like during like how uh what was it, like father's day or mother's day inner miami did like the herons apart with one being small but like for social distancing remember when they moved the herons apart on the logo it's like one of those things They will be back to 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 Inter Milan in 2022. I I lost track of time. Time is a construct, by the way. I'm just gonna let you know. We're not gonna get into that right now. All right,
2: listen, that's for a different day. But it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of crap going on right now, y'all. I don't think Inter Miami, as the term Inter Miami, is in jeopardy right now. It doesn't seem so. It seems like the focus is on the word Inter. Because Inter Milan is claiming that that is synonymous with their club. But we shall see how that unplays, just like the most of everything that happens along life. But we will keep everybody posted. Sounds like
1: we we, we Gucci.
2: Sounds like we Gucci, but who knows, man. That's a stab
1: in the wound, because that's an Italian designer.
2: Ooh. Ooh, that's deep. Wow, that is deep. Deep joke, deep cut. Very much, sir. But... I'll go ahead and give you a deeper cut, Jay. David Norman Jr. is
1: unsigned right now. You say unsigned, but the article I read was top Canadian free agents. And that sounds so much better than unsigned. It really does. And he was on that list. Listen, I'm
2: confused because I thought we were saving David last year for this year.
1: We're saving David for the MLS Cup penalty kick. (laughs)
2: Well, alongside David Norman Jr., which was the recipient of the coveted David Norman Jr. Sponsorship Award of 2020, is still on the block.
1: So it's weird because we can't say they're cut, but they're not signed. So they're on they're the block. Like, they're like in limbo. Yeah, him. So and- we can't count them against the roster cap or for it. You know, uh, so. And also Federico Iguain. And I'm going to propose a tough question to you, okay? Because maybe one person's stats happen to be much better than the next person's. But if you were going to sacrifice one person, would it be David Norman Jr. or Federico Iguain? i I'll answer that for you. It's the wrong answer, but it's the right answer in our hearts. And we want David Norman Jr. on this team because we believe in David Norman Jr.,
2: Wait, would you sacrifice Federico over David then?
1: You know, Federico is a player coach at D.C. United. Federico is... On the the skirt skirts of retirement, David Norman Jr. is a young Canadian stud. Have you not seen? I know you have, but if you're a listener and you have not Googled David Norman Senior, Google David Norman Senior. Look at that mustache. Tell me if it doesn't command respect, and it doesn't command his son to be on our team because I think it does
2: exactly. That's why I'm sacrificing the goat David Norman Jr.. Wow. that is a sacrifice. I don't even know you anymore. That's fine. I'm right here No no out I'm not giving David. There's out. no chance I'm taking a sacrifice of Federico Iguain over David Norman. Does, 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 not, uh, does Federico Iguain <laughs> have his own trophy named after him? I didn't think
1: so. No, but he definitely likes he's He's a super spreader. Oh. <laughs> so you're just saying, like. Look, we can have both. We can have both, is what I'm saying. We can have both of them. They're unsigned. We'll work something out, hopefully. We do love David Norman Jr. on this show.
2: Who are you taking, David or Federico? Go.
1: I'm taking David all day. even and, and not even because we love David, because he's just like- um, uh it's because. Just this like, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. I'm just, he's just Doing like something this. with your hands. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm doing hands in those. But he is like an extension of- You? The show. Maybe me. <laughs> the show. He's better hair than me. But if we're talking longevity standpoint- I mean Federico is like coming up on forty and David Norman's young as hell. Like I, I would take David Norman, but these are two to keep a watch on because they haven't been really they haven't fully separated, but they haven't been signed. So we'll see what what uh what happens. But um
2: You know who was a close second to Breck Shea in the Flow Award of
1: two thousand twenty? Probably David Norman. You're got, wrong. What? Who was it? Pizarro. Okay, that has nothing to do with anything we're talking about, so I'm gonna move on. Here's some interesting news that probably no one really was paying attention to. But Inter Miami CF Stadium will become the first stadium in the Western Hemisphere with a permanent university campus. The club is partnered with the Global Institute of Sport. The acronym is GIS, not GIS like we know, but GIS, Global Institute of Sport, to open a North American campus at Intramiami in June 2021, the first ever in the Western Hemisphere. To all of our young kids who are who have not wasted their life yet, sports, business, and management degrees will be available at this school. They are, uh, I guess, their parent school is HQ'd in the U.K., I guess it's a pretty big deal if you want to get into uh the management and you know more uh hands-on side of uh of sports, but that will bring us to our final topic. I know it's been a long <laughs> it's been a really long episode, honestly. But EMLS News. I know everyone's been hanging on to the end of the show for some video game updates. And I'm gonna give them to you. So we have IMCF Paps, right? He balled out in the first two weeks. He was like three spots ahead of the cutoff, right? He was looking great. So day three comes out. One win against San Jose Quakes. Two draws, NYCFC and Seattle Sounders, and one loss against Austin FC, which Austin FC's players balling out of control. Day four, one draw against FC Cincinnati, and one loss against Sporting Cane That knocked IMC pabs below the threshold he needed to continue so we will not be in the EMLS fifa league anymore i know that breaks the heart of a lot of inner miami fans shout out to you and uh we'll see you next season i guess Pabs, do do you want to play do you do you want to do this no i'm just kidding man but uh that's uh that basically brings us to the end of the show um we don't really have anything else to say uh thank you so much for tuning in again you can follow us on basically any social media platform you can check us out on any uh podcast platform we everywhere we here i'm jay kington uh this is my man alex papa george i'm a little late on the soundtrack and music but we're gonna make it work anyway and uh you know thank you so much for tuning in like we leave every single episode, y'all. Every single episode? Every single one. Every this is number 50. Let's stay tuned to these picks. The we'll change them in out. the front office. Big things are coming to the club. It's a rough season, but hell, we get through hurricanes with a smile on our face. You see a hurricane up north and they freak out. We are we warriors. We are warriors and we we'll be warriors to the day we die. But as we end every single episode.
2: Vamos, Miami. One love, y'all. Vamos, Miami.